<laughs> Good morning. Good to see you this morning. Glad that you are here with us. Orlando said, pay attention to the words of that song. That's a very convicting song. I hope you're paying attention to the words of that song. Uh, I think we need to have probably more worship services where we do much more singing and less preaching. No, it's not going to happen today. All you people that have amen for the first time in your lives, it's not going to happen today. But uh, yeah, appreciate that, uh, appreciate that worship. So uh, two friends are talking and the one guy says to his buddy, I had a date last week with like the greatest woman ever. She was, she was so wonderful. This friend says, well, tell me about the date. And he goes, well, I'm not even sure I should call it a date. We, we had dinner together, then saw a movie. The guy said, well, it sounds like a date to me. And his friend said, yeah, but then the plane landed. Now, I guess every journey has its highs and lows, right? Every vacation, every excursion, every, every trip, there's things that happen that just go wonderfully, and then there's things that we just as soon forget about. Now, the plane gets delayed, our luggage gets lost, car breaks down, kid throws up in the back seat, your wife throws up in the front seat. <laughs> now, there are highs and there are lows to, to every journey. And this morning, I want to talk a little bit about journeys, but I also want to remind you again that today is a pretty special day here at Bay Area. This is Mission Sunday. We have been looking forward to today for quite a while, and you've been hearing updates, and you've been hearing information about the different world missions that we support, eight different points on the globe. This morning, every single dollar is going to go to a mission work that we have a connection with and that we partner with. And so we're not going to hide the idea of the fact that we want you to give. We want to raise a lot of money this morning. We want you to give joyfully. We want you to give generously. Because we have a chance today to make a difference in people that we won't meet until we get to heaven. But uh, it was mentioned there's, there's ways to do that. There's a box in the foyer. You can go on our website and give that way as well. But I hope you've been prayerful about that, and uh, yeah, we, we want today to be a good day. And since this morning is Mission Sunday, I thought maybe I should talk about a missionary in my sermon. So I'm going to talk this morning about my favorite missionary, and as well. And if you remember, the book of Acts actually begins with A promise and a challenge. Uh, Verse 8 of Acts chapter 1. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then the rest of the book of Acts is really just an explanation of how those first Christians went about fulfilling that mission. The first seven chapters are, are kind of focused on the city of Jerusalem. Chapters 8 through 12, the focus shifts to Judea and Samaria. And by the time you get to Acts chapter 13, the good news of Jesus is going into all the world. And it's right about there in Acts chapter 9 where we meet my favorite missionary, a guy by the name of Paul. He's actually named Saul, but his name gets changed to Paul. And it turns out in a lot of ways he is like the least likely person you would ever imagine becoming a missionary. 
Paul at one point persecuted Christians, persecuted the church, did everything he could to destroy the church, but then something happened. He met Jesus. And after that encounter, Paul does a complete 180. And he does everything he can to promote the kingdom. He does everything he can to spread the good news of Jesus, which really shouldn't surprise us, right? Because once you meet Jesus, your life should change. Things should be different. And it also shouldn't surprise us that God uses some really unlikely people, that God uses and chooses people that everyone else might say, mm, no, wrong one. You know, just another confirmation that God can use anyone, including us. Paul is another confirmation also that, that God really does know what he's doing. So Paul, this missionary, he's actually going to embark on three different missionary journeys. Uh, he's going to establish at least 10 churches. He's going to write 13, maybe 14 books in the New Testament. God is going to use him in this incredible way. This morning, I want to focus on Paul's first missionary journey. I want to talk a little bit about that. I think there's some things that we can learn uh, from that journey. So, some things that we can use you know, tomorrow as we journey back to work, a couple of days when you journey back to school, when we journey back to this thing that you know, we call life. Here's how Paul's first missionary journey begins. It's Acts chapter 13. One day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work I have for them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. There's a lot of things going on in that, chapter, in that section of uh, Scripture there. There's a lot of really important things that we could talk about, but I, I want to bring your attention to something that we just passed right over. It's really significant. I, I just passed over it, and you probably didn't think much about it. But that text says, they sent them on their way. That is not a small thing. Now, when you're talking about Barnabas and Paul, he's mentioned Saul here, but it's Paul. When you're talking about Barnabas and Paul, those were two of the most influential people in, in the first century church. They were the movers and shakers. I mean, they were the leaders there in the church. So what do we see from this early church? Well, it's a group of people who are committed to making sure the whole world hears about Jesus. It's a group of people who weren't saying, you know what, we've got to keep you two important men right here in our little town, in our region, our little corner of the earth. No, these are people who are saying, this is who we are and this is what we're called to do. You have to go. We're sending you because we want everyone to know about Jesus. We want people all over the world to hear about the good news of the gospel. You know, usually when we talk about Paul and his missionary journeys, we spend a lot of time on where it was that he went. Where did he go? And we have a map that we put up, and you look in the back of your Bibles, and there's a map with a, you know, a red line and a blue dotted line about Paul's missionary journeys. And he went to a lot of places. His first trip, he goes to 15 different stops. He actually visits a bunch of cities, and he turns around and and goes back and revisits them. It's an exhausting journey. And I want you to think a minute about that word, journey, because I think it's, I think it's an accurate term to describe kind of what we're on, the life that we're living. We talk about journeys. And when we talk about journeys that we take, 
You know, if I, if I were to tell you, I'm going on a journey, what's the first question that you would ask? Where are you going? Yep. Second question would be, does that mean somebody else is going to preach on Sunday? <laughs> but the first question is, where are you going? That's what we ask, right? I'm going on a journey. Really, what's your destination? Where are you going to go? This morning, I don't want to focus quite as much on where are we going, but rather, who are we as we're going? Who are we becoming on this journey? Not so much where's the destination, but who are you becoming? And of course, what I really want us to think about is, again, our own journey. We're going to look at Paul and some stops that he makes and made and some things that happened to him, but I really want you to think about who am I as I'm headed to where I want to be? Because we think about our own journey as a destination as well, right? Here's where I want to get to. Here's what's going to happen first, and here's where I want to end up. And sometimes we don't think quite as much about who am I on the journey. So we're going to look at a couple of things out of Paul's first missionary journey, some things that marked his journey, some things that should mark ours as well. Now, I'll tell you what I'm talking about. One of the things that marks Paul's journey is that he is incredibly passionate. And once he meets Jesus, he's all in. He is incredibly passionate. And the Bible has a word for that. They use the word faithful. Paul is incredibly faithful. Paul journeyed faithfully. You know, I think sometimes we have this notion that if my life is going great, I must be right in the center of God's will. If I don't have any problems, if I don't have any obstacles, you know, green grass and high tides, then, then I must be doing exactly what God wants me to do. And the fact that my life is going so smoothly shows me and tells me that I'm right where God wants me to be. And then somehow we decide, well, then if my life kind of gets chaotic and it gets difficult, maybe I'm drifting away from the heart of God. Maybe God's trying to get my attention because now all of a sudden my life has gotten hard. And I'm not sure where that kind of thinking comes from, but it doesn't come from Scripture. I mean, you take a look at Paul's journey. It is not easy. It is not smooth sailing. It is literally not smooth sailing. It is rough seas at every turn. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul gives kind of a travel log of his journeys, and it reads like a horror film. He says, I've been in jail. I've been beaten more times than I can count. I've been flogged. I've been hit with sticks. I've been pummeled by stones. I've been shipwrecked three different times, drifting in the sea. I've had to fend off robbers. I've struggled with friends. I've struggled with foes. The city's not safe. The country's not safe. I've known heartache. I've known hard work. I've gone without food. I've gone without clothes. I've gone without sleep. And that's not even the half of it. When people I love are at the end of their rope, I, I feel that desperation in my bones. Paul says, listen, this is a hard life. This is a tough journey. I get a flat tire on a trip and my trip is ruined, right? I mean, Paul is committed. He's sold out. He's faithful to what God calls him to do. For instance, Acts chapter 14, Paul is in this city called Lystra. Some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and turned the crowds into a murderous mob. They stoned Paul, dragged him out of the city, apparently dead. 
Paul is, is preaching in this place and the crowd drags him out and stones him to the point where he's dead. But he's not dead. He gets back up and notice what he does when he gets up. But as the believers stood around him, he got up and went back into the city. I've got to be honest with you. <laughs> if you take me out right now and stone me, I'm not coming back. <laughs> I'm not. If I was preaching somewhere and I got stoned, I would not return to that city. I would be forced to give them a negative Google review. <laughs> not a friendly church. Did not feel welcome. One star. But Paul goes back to the city. In fact, later on, he's going to revisit that city as well. Now, Paul trusted God to be with him in wonderful times, but also in some very dark days. And you need to know this. Because, you know, we all have talents and we all have abilities and gifts, and sometimes we kind of trade on those things. But if we're not faithful, we're not going to have much of a story to tell. Now, some of the greatest servants that I know in the kingdom, they're not the most talented. They're not the most gifted. But boy, are they faithful. Now, they just show up, and they serve, and they volunteer, and they love, and they share. They're just committed. They're faithful, even when things are difficult. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talks about a thorn that he had in the flesh. And we don't know what that was exactly, but it was something that slowed him down. And he tells us that three times he prayed to God to remove that thorn that was in his flesh. Why don't you take a look at God's response to Paul and then Paul's reaction to God's response. Each time he, God said, my gracious favor is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. Here's my answer to you, Paul. My gracious favor is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. And so here's Paul's response. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may work through me. Since I know it's all for Christ's good, I am quite content with my weaknesses and my insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. How many of you can say, I'm okay with my weaknesses? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the uh, insults. All cost, right? Paul says, I'm okay with that. And then he tells us why. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. As Paul journeyed, he journeyed faithfully. There's another quality that, that Paul exhibits. He also journeyed joyfully. A lot of things that we could talk about, uh, but Paul talks about journeying joyfully. Acts chapter 13. Paul and Barnabas this time are in a place called Antioch, Pisidia, and things are actually going great. The following week, almost the entire city turned out to hear them preach the word of the Lord. That's better. Okay, that's better than being stoned, right? Hey, everybody's showing up. Busting at the seams, we're going to have to go to two services. This is great. But, when the Jewish leaders saw the crowds, they were jealous. So they slandered Paul and argued against whatever he said. 
Things are going so well. And then he faces more uh, opposition. Verse 50. Then the Jewish leaders stirred up both the influential religious women and the leaders of the city, and they incited a mob against Paul and Barnabas, ran them out of town. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them and went to the city of Iconium. And then look at verse 52. And the believers were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Not exactly how I would expect that narrative to end. They have been slandered. They have been run out of town. They were forced to leave. But the end result was joy. There was joy. You know, things kind of fall apart on them. But Paul was able to find joy in that. You know, for us, joy is dependent on our circumstances, right? I'll be joyful as long as everything's going my way. I can be joyful as long as I'm in good health. I can be joyful as long as there's peace in my family, everyone's getting along. I can be joyful as long as I can pay my bills. But when things start going south, well, I can't be joyful in that. And Paul would say, sure you can. No, Paul's the one who wrote, be joyful always. Yeah. Be joyful in, in all circumstances. Paul understood where his strength was from. He understood the joy of the Lord was part of that strength when God calls him on this journey. And then here's one final quality that Paul exhibited. Again, lost to choose from, but this one came to my mind. Paul was worshipful as he journeyed. Paul worshipped as he journeyed. And I'm not talking about like once or twice a week. I mean that as he went on his way, Paul worshipped. His heart was set on Jesus. Acts chapter 16, it's actually his second missionary journey. Paul is with the guy by the name of Silas. And they are arrested in the town of Philippi. And here's what the text says. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. And the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten. And then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So he took no chances, but put them in the inner dungeon, clamped their feet in the stocks. Again, kind of worst case scenario for a preacher, right? Paul and Silas are stripped. They are beaten. They're severely beaten. They're thrown into prison, not just a prison, the text says a dungeon, not just the, uh, a cell in the dungeon, but the inner cell. Not just thrown into that cell, but their feet were actually put in stocks. And then verse 25 says this strange thing. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Again, they've been wrongly accused. They're here exhausted, midnight, They've been beaten, they're bloodied, they're humiliated. And Silas turns to Paul and says, you thinking what I'm thinking? <laughs> and Silas starts to hum. And Paul starts to sing. And all the other prisoners, like these two new guys, they are nuts. <laughs> and then they start to pray. And all the other prisoners are like, you know, those two new guys, they're not nuts. They're worshiping God. They're in stocks in the inner cell. And they're worshiping God. And of course, we know the end of this story. By the time the sun comes up, Paul and Silas have been in the home of the Philippian jailer who washes their wounds, and they share Jesus with that whole family, and that man and his whole household are eventually baptized into Christ. 
Now, that's how Paul traveled. That's who he was when he was on his journey. And again, when you talk about Paul and his journeys, it's so easy to focus on location, location, location. But don't miss who he was as he traveled. Don't focus on on where he was going and miss who he was as he went. It's not just about where we're going. It's who we are as we're going. It's who we're becoming as we're traveling. That need to be God-focused, to be worshipful. Pointing people to God. Bragging about Jesus. That's who we should be as we go. Listen, we're all travelers. I suspect that some of you today are, are weary travelers. You know, your life, your journey hasn't really ended up where you wanted it to be or where you expected it might be yet. You know, maybe you're disappointed with the direction of your life. Maybe you're disappointed about how you responded to some of those things. Not just where you've gone, but how you've gotten there. My prayer is that we travel, that we journey faithfully, joyfully. We worship as we go. God is far more concerned with who we're becoming than where we might be going. I think Paul's a perfect example of that. God cares more about who we're becoming than exactly where it is we might be going. God's purpose is to transform us more and more into the image of His Son, Jesus. Think about this. When Paul sat down to tell stories to his friends, tell stories to the people who were closest to him, what kind of stories do you think he told? I don't exactly know the answer to that, but I would think his favorite stories to tell were stories of shipwrecks and snake bites and jail cells and close calls. Those are the stories people like to hear. And those are the stories that Paul had, times when things looked almost hopeless. But in his weakness, God made him strong. And that God was faithful to him through not just those great times when everybody was coming to hear the message, but in those times when he was run out of town, those times when he was beaten, those times when he was stoned, those times when things happened that he never would have scripted on his own. Those are the stories that that resonate with us. Those are the stories that, that prove who it is we follow and, and why we follow them. And sometimes the worst experiences make the best stories. When we truly yield our will to the will of the Lord. Now, we're all on a journey. And if you're still breathing, which I think most of you are, God's not finished. Your story hasn't reached its final chapter. Your destination has not yet been achieved. And it's never too late to become who you might have been. Again, Paul is a perfect example of that. It is never too late to become who you might have been. Never confuse a single mistake with a final mistake. Just because you failed doesn't make you a failure. I can throw out all the cliches. But our journey continues. Our journey isn't over. Now maybe this morning you're, you're battling with something. Or maybe you're battling with someone. 
And the journey that you've been on has been hard. It's been difficult. It's been painful. My prayer is that, that God would show you and that God would give you an unshakable sense of destiny. God's not finished with us. Our journey's not over. In fact, I am convinced that our best days are still ahead of us. Individually and collectively, our best days are still ahead of us. Maybe not our easiest days. Our best days are ahead of us. And here's why I say that. If we are being transformed daily, if we are being made into the image of Jesus, if I'm a little bit more like Jesus this week than I was last week, my best days are in my future if I'm becoming more like Jesus. They might not be my easiest days, but they are without a doubt my best days. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about where God is leading us individually, collectively. And I'm excited about going on that journey faithfully, joyfully, worshiping as we go. And I hope you're excited about that too. Who we are becoming as we go about this journey that we call life. And so we've got a song that we're going to use as a song of encouragement this morning. If we can help you pray with you about anything, we invite you to meet us at the front of the auditorium here. Uh, we're going to go ahead and be standing as we sing.